You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. Is Winnie the Pooh a sex addict? How do you say that? Is Winnie the Pooh addicted to sex? And then we take a look at the bizarre cult of Sherry Shriner. A woman who believes that alien reptilian demons are slowly taking over the planet and only she has the ability to teach you how to fight them. But when her war against demonic extraterrestrials turns into a real-life murder, who's to blame? Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Throwing punches. Hey everyone, what's my intro again? Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. I actually am having a great day. I always had a hard time taking naps on Sunday. I always felt it was a waste of time. It's my fr- But I've kind of come to peace with it. I take a two hour nap on Sunday and I'm just like, it's just part of the routine now. I don't like doing it because I feel like I could be doing more stuff, but you got to nap, right? (laughs) Me and babies, we both have to nap. You know, I wanted to touch on something real quick here. It's one of those things that I've been following just because I have YouTube, but I think it's probably one of the dumbest things going on right now. However, I do believe there's a conspiracy involved in it. If you have been on YouTube recently, or you follow this stuff anyways because you're a big gamer. Apparently this trailer came out for this Sonic the Hedgehog thing. Now, people have been quote-unquote up in arms, and Twitter has quote-unquote been afire with responses. All this stuff is really, it's a minority of people, but anyways, they've been complaining about how Sonic looks in the new trailer. Now, first off, Sonic is a loser character. Sonic is the poochie of video game characters. Mario was based, they said, what can we make out of a few pixels that you can identify stuff? And they based it, the guys who created Mario based it on their fat landlord who was always harassing them. And we have Mario. A very, very organically created character. Sonic was literally Poochie. It was a bunch of executives sitting around saying, what are the cool kids like these days? What can we make this really snazzy and vibrant? And they crafted this character and blah, 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 blah. I've never been a fan of Sonic. I've never been a fan of his games. It's literally press right, the game. Hit jump occasionally. But it moves very fast. People like it. Anyways, that old man rant aside... The Sonic the Hedgehog, they're doing a live-action movie, and the design looks pretty stupid. It doesn't really look like Sonic the Hedgehog. Again, I could care less, but it came out that the director was like, listen, we heard you guys, and you guys don't like the design, we're going to fix it. Movie comes out in November, but we're going to fix the design of Sonic because you guys don't like it so much. And all of the critics were like, we won. All of the Twitter critics and all of the YouTube critics were like, whoa. They're actually here. This is what I think actually happened. Because really, there's no way they can redesign it by November in the way people think they can. Especially because people want Sonic to be a little shorter, a little more squat, not have such long legs. 
And they would have to reshoot every scene where an actor was looking at a CGI guy because the eye level is going to have to drop a couple inches for it to look like video game Sonic. This is what I think happened. I think they have a passable version of Sonic, but it wasn't 100%. And the studio said, listen, we're going to create this trailer and we're going to put in a really, really stupid looking CGI Sonic in this trailer. And people are going to hate it. And we're going to get a bunch of bad press, but then we're going to say, no, we're going to work on it. We will then reveal our original design for the Sonic movie, which doesn't look like the version from the game. But people will there then go, oh, that's an improvement over the trailer, at least. It doesn't look as good as we wanted, but it's improvement than what they were going to sell us. The, the model they have for the Sonic does not look anything like Sonic, other than the fact that he's blue. And has like little spikes. and a, Not even the color of the stomach was the same. Unfortunately, I know that much about Sonic, as, as lame as I think he is. I know what Sonic looks like. So, I think that they did shoot a whole movie and put in a Sonic that they felt wasn't up to expectations. They cut a trailer with an even worse looking Sonic. Everyone complains, and that way when they release the movie with the okay looking Sonic, the fans will be like, well, at least they listened to us. At least they listen to us fans. I think that's the most likely scenario. I don't think this is a movie that they would do extensive reshoots to change eye lines and everything like that and shadows. There's a lot that goes involved into fixing a CGI character from making him four feet tall to making him like three feet tall or whatever he ends up being. So that's that's my conspiracy theory on that. And I think it's stupid. I think the whole thing is dumb. But if you like Sonic, then whatever. But that being said... Let's move on to our first story. Now, yeah, that wasn't even a story. That was just a little bit of a, a, a Genesis rant. Um, Genesis system was okay. I just didn't like, I thought Sonic. I think Sonic's lame. Anyways, so let's go ahead and get started here with our first story. Now, our first story is an interesting exercise in both how people can be gross and how journalists structure their stories. So I read this article recently. And it's about Jim Cummings. If you don't know who Jim Cummings is, you've heard him. You've heard, definitely heard a version of his voice. He's the voice of Winnie the Pooh. He's the voice of Tigger. He's the voice of a couple gummy bears. He's the voice of Louie from Tailspin. He's the voice of Darkwing Duck. And he's been in tons of video, done voices for tons of video games. He did a voice for a game called Alpha Protocol, which if you've never played that, that game's awesome. It's like a 24-type game. You're like a secret spy with alternate... It's great. Check it out. But anyways, he's done all these voices. He's been a part of almost everyone's childhood. He did the voice for Winnie the Pooh in the recent Christopher Robin movie. So he's still doing stuff. Nowadays, most young people have probably heard him more from games that he's done voices in. But for people my age and a little bit younger, they've heard him through all these cartoons. I think he's done like 250 character voices throughout his So anyways, Jim Cummings is in a custody battle with his ex-wife, Stephanie. They were married from 2001 to 2011. They got a divorce, and now she wants solo custody of the kids. Or the, the term is full custody of the kids. Now, I read this article, and I'm literally just sitting there, and I'm kind of reading this article. And the way the article was structured, there was a completely different way the journalist could have gone about this. I almost feel like the article was structured for most people to go, hmm, well, maybe. And then when you flip it, like we'll do at the end, you'll be like, there is a totally different way to structure this article. The name, the title of the article is Winnie the Pooh, Disney voice star Jim Cummings, accused of rape, animal abuse. And you're like, that is something I need to click on. 
That sounds like <laughs> that is a headline I did not expect to read. When you see a headline like that, you're like, I'm taking five minutes out of my day to read this. This is bizarre. So Stephanie is saying that these things have happened. And again, we're going to go in the order that they're listed in the article. He engaged in physical, sexual, and emotional abuse, including, but not limited to, death threats, rape, and various sexual deviant behavior forced upon me without my consent. And I'm like, ooh, that is quite the litany of charges. That is, that's pretty harsh stuff. Divorce proceeding, custody proceeding, so hyperbole or true? As we go through the article, you will go, (laughs) because Jim starts to give his side of the story, and it does not put him in a good light. So first off, she's saying this stuff, that one day she was in the kitchen, and he walked in front of their four-year-old daughter. He walked in, slapped her on the butt, and forced himself on her in front of their four-year-old daughter. And I'm like, oh my god, that's horrible. I go to the next sentence, and it says, he forced himself on her by kissing her. Now, that's still technically, yes, that's assault, that's a crime. You just can't walk up to people. You can't walk up to your ex-wife or your wife, really, if she doesn't want it. But you can't walk up to another human, spin them around, and start making out with them. It's stuff you see in the movies. It's illegal in real life. And the the terminology where he forced himself on her in front of the four-year-old daughter, I'm imagining Tigger raping his ex-wife. But then you go down the next sentence, and they're making out, which, again, it's still assault. But I was immediately like, whoa, okay, so now this article's really kind of put me in this weird sense where I'm thinking I'm gonna keep, that's going to keep happening. And it does, in a sense. So I'm, now I'm still like trying to figure out what is going on with this case. Then, after that thing, which could be misconstrued, he walks up, he grabs her, spins around, kisses her, he's super passionate. Four-year-old daughter sees daddy kissing mommy, doesn't think anything of it. The next sentence after, and then I'm like, well, you know, that's pretty rude, and he shouldn't have done that. But next sentence after that, she says, after the kiss, Jim asked if she could see him leaking, because that's what I make him do when he touches me. And now we're playing ball, ladies and gentlemen. Like, that type of comment, I'm like, this guy's gross. First off, who uses the terminology, you make me leak, lady? You make me leak. Like, there's a lot. One of the great things about sex is there's so many euphemisms for it. There's so many fun words for genitalia. There's so many fun words for having sex. There's sexy words. There's funny words. Leaking is not one of them. But I've never referred to myself as leaking. That's gross. That's a prostate problem, bro. That has nothing to do with your ex-wife. So at this point, I'm thinking, okay, this guy is a creep. And he's talking about leaking. And I'm like, this guy is gross. And the whole time, I'm imagining him sounding like Tigger. Tigger is easily my least favorite Winnie the Pooh character. And I love them all, except Tigger. And... She also says, he he raped me. I went to rehab because I just couldn't deal with it. Now, this all happened after the divorce and before 2018 when this custody battle took place. She goes, he raped me. I had to go to rehab because I started doing drugs. She goes to rehab. He shows up at the rehab clinic. The rehab staff kicks him out. So this guy, at this point in the article, I'm thinking, this guy is a certifiable nut job. She begins dating someone else who is an off-duty officer. That's not his profession. He's not constantly off-duty. She's dating a cop. And when he's off-duty, Jim Cummings, whoo-hoo, pops up into her house, bouncing on his tigger tail, begins harassing her in front of an armed cop. 
He has to pull the gun on this gummy bear, tailspin character, beloved character, pulls a gun on him, makes him bounce off back into the Hundred Acre Woods. This guy is a lunatic, and he starts to defend himself, because this is like a court battle. But his defenses are just absolutely hilarious. We'll get to these in a second. Probably the most egregious out of all of those things. The rape, obviously, was the worst, but we don't have any details on that. She ends up moving to Utah with her kids because she's like, this This dude's completely toxic and he's nuts. She moves to Utah. He follows her there, wants to see the kids. Fine, whatever, you can see the kids. She wakes up. He's masturbating. So she's dead asleep with her daughter in the bed. She wakes up. Winnie the Pooh, voice, beloved voice actor, Darkwing Duck is standing there in the shadows masturbating with her hand. And says, she tries to stop, and he goes, if you stop, I'm going to wake up our daughter. Let's get dangerous. He didn't actually say let's get dangerous, but I imagine he was thinking it. So so she does it because she's terrified of what's going to happen. This total, now I should say, once I've gone this far in, this is all alleged. But at this point, I'm thinking this guy definitely has the pattern of being a creeper. And a rapist, allegedly... This is her word, but I'm on Team Stephanie at this point. Let's get to some of his defenses. Now, she didn't only bring up the sex stuff. He always said, I was just being playful. I was just being playful. Everyone was laughing. I was laughing. Spanked mommy on the butt. Turned around, kissed her. It was this fun thing. I I didn't mean for it to be this totally, like, rapey thing. And you're thinking, maybe. Maybe. They don't give a lot of detail on the rape. And I don't want to go into detail on it, even if they did give it. But there's nothing there. But there are a couple other incidents where she said he has a drug problem. She said he's addicted to alcohol, marijuana, and Adderall. Now, no duh on the Adderall. The old, if you had to personify Adderall as a animal, it would be Tigger. It would not shock me at all that the voice actor of Tigger was basically doing legal speed. But he goes, what? No way. I've never done Adderall. But he did admit to drinking and smoking weed. Which I guess now it's legal in California. But still the idea of Winnie the Pooh getting sloshed in the back 50 of the 100 Acre Woods is just a bizarre thing. Of course, you know, he's going to be human. But speaking of humans, let's get to the last allegation here. Because this is where we get his biggest defense of his behavior. She says, listen, we got a new puppy and it peed in the house. He took the puppy put it in a metal bucket, like took it outside, covered it up with a metal bucket, like on that episode of Star Trek where, what was it, Picard got locked in the box, or maybe it was Geordi, I don't remember. But anyways, Jim takes the puppy out into the yard, covers it with a metal bucket to teach it a lesson not to pee in the house, and almost cooks it because it's super, super hot that day. It's like 90 degrees out that day. There's a little puppy underneath the metal bucket. Just cook it in there. Eventually, Jim does remove the bucket. Dog's okay. Thought little puppy's okay. But he was near death. So actually, I think that's the opposite of okay. I mean okay in the sense that the dog didn't die. But Stephanie was like, we had to take it to the vet. Because it was almost dead. That's how badly it was cooked in this thing. And Jim goes, how dare you? How dare you? That is totally not what happened, guys. That's totally not what happened. He goes, listen. There wasn't... This is his exact quote. There was an incident where I put a tub, not a metal bucket, over a dog to isolate it briefly as a form of discipline to its behavior at our vet's suggestion. 
And unfortunately, I forgot the dog was there for a while. But then, of course, I released it. So he did do it. His only beef with that story is how big the container was. He's like, oh, yeah, I totally trapped a dog outside and forgot about it and left it in the horrible, horrible heat and it almost died. But a metal bucket? No way. It was a tub. Next question, your honor. Super bizarre. So as this article, though, is taking me on this roller coaster of all these just weird events, we get to the bottom where where he claims she said, I will go and I will ruin your reputation. I'm going to tell people Winnie the Pooh is a woman-beating, drug-addicted freak. Winnie the Pooh lives with a whore... <laughs> Winnie the Pooh, this is apparently her actual quote. Winnie the Pooh lives with a whore, pays a whore to pretend to be his girlfriend, rapes and abuses the mother of his kids, and she seems to be, I'm pretty sure Stephanie is mixed race, and so their daughters are mixed race. Jim Cummings is white, she I think is biracial, so their children are like a quarter of whatever different races however it all works out. Apparently, according to her, Jim Cummings refers to his own children as inward babies. Rhymes with Tigger, if you needed a little bit of hint on that. It's so bizarre. I mean, it's one of those things that obviously, let's if 50% of this stuff is true, then this guy's totally nuts. But what's weird is that she's gotten multiple restraining orders. They have these incidences... On record, when they happened. When she, when he came in and, and turned around and kissed her, that was the cause of the first restraining order. She went to the cops and was like, hey, dude, this guy's coming to my house. Like, we used to be married, but he can't do that. And the cops are like, yeah, you're right. He can't do that. Why don't you get a restraining order? So there you go. That It's an ongoing custody battle between beloved children's star, Jim Cummings, and his young wife, younger wife. He's 66. I think she's in her 30s or something like that. It's such a bizarre story. It's such a bizarre story. And it's funny because I really think if the article was flipped upside down, people would view it differently. If the article if the article started off instead of these kind of he said, she said moments where she's saying, oh, he turned me around and kissed me, and he goes, it was just a big joke. If the article starts off with her quote saying, dude, she, he's married to a whore, and he's paying a whore. Winnie the Pooh is married to a whore and is a drug-addicted freak. Should have been your first sentence. And then the second allegation about the dog story, and then him admitting he him doing that but using a different thing, totally changes how you view the rest of it. It's a very, very slow buildup, and it's kind of this he said, she said, he said, she said thing with these allegations of him doing stuff to her. And then by the end of it, she accuses him of doing something, and he's going, yes, I did do that. I just didn't use a tiny bucket. I used the giant tub. Interesting. I don't know what the motive was of the author. If there was any motive at all, he the, the he or she, I don't remember who wrote it, but they may have thought that the sexual allegations were more like immediate and more reader worthy. But again, because we just live in a live in a society where people will question those things kind of right off the bat, but less people question stuff about like animal abuse. Super weird. That's the story of Jim Cummings and, and an interesting look at how writers structure their stories. This is an ongoing case, but, and I want a little bit of credit for not doing Tigger impressions that whole episode or Eeyore impressions. Um, I did do a Darkwing Duck joke, 
But serious topic, man. Serious topic. Sorry for recording it. I'll just sit over here and wait to do the other segment because nobody liked that one. Oh, bother. So let's go ahead and move on. Let's move away. I always hate doing episodes where there's a bunch of like sex assaults because I can't do jokes. I can't do jokes during that stuff. It's rough. It's rough for me. So let's go ahead and move on to a murder. These ones are generally easier to do. And actually, let me say this right off the bat. We'll cover the murder today. This story was recommended by Gary via email. And his email was basically, Hey, check out this weird cult that recently had a murder connected to it. Sounds like it's right up your alley. And that basically, the research for that gave me four episodes worth of stuff. So we're going to go ahead and start that today. Now, today let's cover the murder. And tomorrow we'll actually go a little more into who Sherry Schreiner is. But it's there's so much stuff going. She has like 14 different websites. A relatively huge following. It's such a bizarre story. But let's let's start with the catalyst right now. Thanks, Gary, for the email. But you really cost me like a ton of time researching this. Whenever I thought... I was, like, ready to go with the episode. I was like, oh, now I got a Orgone? Ugh. So I had to go research more about Orgone and all that. So we'll get into that. That'll be its own episode. But let's go ahead and start with the murder right now. That's a good way to break it up. First, we'll talk about the murder, and then tomorrow... And it's not going to be every episode just all about that, but I think it's easier to piece it up rather than to gloss over much of it. The year is 2017. The date? July 15th. It's 11 days after the 4th of July. America's birthday, some would say. (laughs) Okay, I can stop doing the song. Anyways, all the marchers are gone. All the fireworks are put out. You're like, Jason, I know what happens after Friday the 3rd. Not Friday. I know what happens after 4th of July. They should... Friday the 13th should be the new national holiday. We'd have like 10 of them a year. But anyway, so... July 4th, forget July 4th, it's July 15th, 2017. There's a little house in a place that sounds delightful, Toby Hanna, Pennsylvania. That sounds very American, although I'm pretty sure that name has some German roots. Sounds American, Toby Hanna. In this little house, a bungalow maybe, there lived a couple named Steve Mineo and Barbara Rogers. Now, we know one thing for sure. One of these people ends up dead. But there's two versions of the events. And I want to start with the version that was remotely viewed by a seer, a soldier, and actually a general in God's army, Sherry Schreiner. Sherry Schreiner had been following the lives of Steve and Barbara very closely. They actually used to be Disciples of hers, fans, however you want to put it. They were followers of Sherry Schreiner. Sherry Schreiner is a woman who believes that reptilian, demonic entities, alien things are attacking us. They can skull scalp us and take our souls out and then put their own in. People can just be regular old reptiles. All that shape-shifting reptilian stuff. But you can become a reptile, like, by force. Like, one of these guys can get you, and you're like, no, no, no. And they, like, suck your skull out. Well, I'm sorry, suck your soul out. 
and then put their reptile soul in it, so then they still kind of look like you, but they can't regulate their own body temperature. Again, I think the reptile, the reptilian conspiracy is one of the dumbest things, because basically, everyone would be laying on rocks all the time. That's how you could tell they were a reptile. But, so these reptiles, reptilians, can go into your body, and she began warning Steve, Barbara, I think Barbara has been soul scalped. I think Barbara has been replaced with a reptilian soul. Now, her big following was on Facebook. Dozens of websites. Tons of stuff. And we'll get into more detail with Sherry Schreiner when we explore her life. But right now, she had a, she has a sizable community online. And she interacted with them regularly. Which is quite odd. Which is a definitely odd detail. We've covered a lot of these kind of weird, wacky conspiracies before. But she was in contact with her fans or followers or disciples on Facebook. So people were posting stuff. And so a schism started to happen between Barbara and Steve and Sherry. According to Sherry, she said, "This here's what happened. I started to tell Steve that I think Barbara was turning into a reptilian. Sherry actually made a YouTube video showing photos of Barbara Rogers... And in the video saying, look, you see how her eyes are in this frame? She's a reptile. She's a reptile, Steve. So Barbara, in retaliation for basically being called a reptile, starts leaning on Steve and says, we need to leave this cult. This is a cult. This woman's toxic. She's telling us that I'm a reptile. I'm not a reptile. You know I'm not a reptile. Steve feels pulled between these two women. One, a seer, a prophet of God... And the other one, the girl he's having sex with. And he's torn between these two. But eventually, the, the one you bang wins out. That's just the way the world works. And he leaves Sherry's cult. During this time, Barbara also posted online a video of her po- eating steak tatar. Which I guess is like bloody meat or raw meat or something like that. And she's like, I'm not a reptile. I just love eating bloody meat. And that really sent Sherry off. She's like, no, she's only people who are half reptile eat bloody meat. So anyways, we're back to July 15th, 11 days after 4th of July. And Sherry has a vision. She sees this in her head, her God-given powers, literally God-given. Barbara and Steve are in bed. And Barbara... Is watching Resident Evil, which is based on a true story that the character, not the, the zombies taken over the world, but the character Alice, the super soldier Alice, is a real human that both Sherry Shriner and Barbara Rogers know in real life. This is according to Sherry. This isn't according to me. I don't believe this. But Barbara Rogers says she was watching the Resident Evil, and that's a documentary, basically. That's a real story. But she didn't know that. And seeing the blood in Resident Evil, and whichever one, probably the third one, which was the best, seeing the blood in Resident Evil drove Barbara Rogers insane. <laughs> Started turning into a reptile form. At this point, Steve, who's almost a bystander in his own story, because it's mostly been about these two women going head-to-head, he says, Sherry was right! No! And Barbara grabs the gun as her face is contorting into a reptilian face and begins firing. Steve starts running through the house, Jason Bourne style, but gets a bullet through the leg, falls down, and then Barbara walks up to 
Steve puts the gun to his head and blows his brains out. Now, we don't know if any of that happened. What we do know is that on July 15th, late at night, neighbors heard a pop, 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 pop. Nobody called the cops. But eventually, Barbara calls the cops herself and says, I just shot my boyfriend in the head. And when the cops show up, there's a young man with his brains are blown out and a bullet right through the middle of his head. And Barbara goes, this is what happened. He believes that Sherry Schreiner is a reptile. And he couldn't deal with the fact that the woman that he followed for so long was reptilian. So he put the gun to his own head and begged me to pull the trigger. And I didn't want to. I really didn't want to. But he begged me to because he couldn't deal with the knowledge that Sherry Schreiner, God's prophet, is a reptile. So I pulled the trigger. Now, obviously, the cops have no idea who Sherry Schreiner is. And it's one of those interesting things about cults. Cults are like emo bands. Cults are like those bands you've never heard of. Because to you, it's like the best band ever. You're like, oh, Cheetos, this is the greatest band. Like, nobody else knows who they are. Or is it Chiotis? It doesn't matter. Nobody else knows who they are. But if you're into that music scene, they're like the best. And they are pretty good. But... It's the same thing with a cult. That cult dominates your life, so you just assume everyone else kind of knows about the cult, unless it's supposed to be some secret underground satanic cult. You'd have people like Sherry Schreiner being like, the world's against us, but we are the knowledgeable ones, and everyone's like, yay. Well, they're not in the person. They're all clapping out. They're typing clapping in Facebook, but you know what I mean? Like, You would assume everyone would know who Sherry Schreiner is if that was all you knew. The cops are like, we have no idea what you're talking about, dude. We have no idea what's going on here. Now, she th- this happened back in 2017. She was just recently convicted in March of 2019. She was convicted of third-degree murder. So she'll be sentenced this upcoming June. Sherry has pretty much gone silent. Her YouTube channels haven't really posted anything. A lot of YouTube channels, so I could be wrong on this, but her main ones... Haven't posted anything in about a year. Barbara and Steve had YouTube channels where they were speaking out against Sherry. Talking about how deceptive she was and how she was trying to come in between the relationship. All this stuff. All this horrible stuff. Those videos have all been deleted. The channel's been deleted. There was no, as far as I could tell, mirror uploads. So these two, basically all that's left as an archive online is Sherry's videos talking trash about Steve and Barbara. And how I know when Steve died, he saw her as a reptile. I can, I can sense it. I, can, I traveled there in my mind. I have these powers. His last words were, Sherry was right about you. And you blew his brains out, you horrible woman. And Barbara really has no response to any of this. She's in jail right now. She's probably going to end up in prison. Sherry accuses her to this day of being a vampire, witch, reptilian, super soldier. It's when we get into a lot of Sherry's personal stuff, you'll see how she just throws terms together. And the crazy thing is, is that people really fall for this. But that's the murder that's going to open up this world of Sherry Schreiner. We're going to take a look. We're going to take kind of an in-depth look into the different facets of her beliefs. Most of them... Flat out, just bizarre lunacy that we're going to make fun of. But there seems to be an undercurrent to all of it. She believes 
she has special powers over everyone else. She believes that God has anointed her, that she's the granddaughter of David. King David, David and Goliath David. Granddaughter, somehow that works out. But anyways, the granddaughter of David. She was sent here by God to destroy the evil ones and raise up the good ones for this new kingdom of heaven. Obviously, that's all as stupid as possible. But, 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 but. She claims she has all of these powers through prayer to strike down her enemies. And then she takes care of two of them in one night. One of them goes insane, saying, she's a reptile, she's a reptile, kill me, kill me, kill me. And the other one pulls the trigger. When somebody constantly talks about them having God's power over people, you dismiss it out of hand. But when their enemies start to be taken off the board, you have to wonder, who is Sherry Schreiner? DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. Twitter is at Jason O'Carpenter. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys. If you're in business, you probably have a website, but can your site handle your growth? How many visitors before your site slows down or crashes? What about storage and data security? From web hosting to virtual servers, Pair Networks provides the online infrastructure you need to start, grow, and flourish. When it comes to security and updates, don't worry, we've got you covered. Our 24-7 U.S.-based customer support is the best in the industry. No frustrating chatbots are sitting on hold for hours. Check out Pair.com today to learn more. That's P-A-I-R.com.